Hey everybody, this is Cole here to ask you a quick favor. If you're going to be doing any shopping on Amazon.com, please consider using our affiliate link. Go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar in order to find a link that takes you to the very same Amazon, except we get a little kickback and that goes a long way towards covering our expenses. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Thank you. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a uh, vile podcast a vile <laughs> so, so, some some podcast. would say <laughs> yes it is 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 born of, of dregs <laughs> <laughs> but um uh this week we are reading your responses to forsaken castle canehurst and there was so much response that i cut out the follow-up and i cut out the just fun and we're gonna save that for a little bit later because people have a lot to say about this um, of course they, as yeah. we, we we enumerated it's you know, one of the finest areas in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey uh, couldn't uh, stick around for us, but uh, we thank him for appearing on the main episode. Go back and listen to that and also uh, listen to the Gamers with Jobs conference call. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good community and uh, those guys are good dudes, yeah. for sure. Um, I'll get started real quick with Robin. Uh, Robin says via Facebook, I sure as hell didn't feel like an honored guest when I arrived at the castle, that's for sure. That's the last time I accept an invitation for dinner from an empty spooky carriage. Because that boss seriously wrecked my shit while I was trying to take him down using the Tantatrist. Tantatrist. <laughs> Wait, why is Ta- that hard for me to say? I don't know. <laughs> Tantatrist. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. The Tantatrist was uh, one of the few weapons I found that really worked against him. He he has really insane lightning resist, I think. Huh. Um, yeah, I think that he uh, has more or less like elemental resist of, of most things. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't end up, I mean, I, I get like, a, there's somebody who mentioned it on Facebook too. And I ended up being in this, like my, my arc with the Tonitrus was like, I didn't use it. And then I used it and got way into it. And then I got bored with the move set. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I've kind of stopped using it. Um, and I found that like, it's actually other than like, I need to bring it back for a because a is really weak to lightning, but mm-hmm. like, um, for the most part, I haven't missed it that much. Yeah. Like it just plays into that, like bloodborne there not being that much difference between characters because my my damage output in with items is, or with different weapons is not that different mm-hmm. like if i put all the same kind of uh, blood gems on something it ends up being more or less the same yeah um yeah hmm. oh well oh well uh charles writes in via facebook saying i hate those flea ladies at the start they have to be one of the hardest enemies in the game the rest of the level was awesome and i really loved how it felt like you were discovering secrets secrets throughout the castle even though that's the way you needed to go the boss was not much of a challenge for my threaded cane and i took him out quickly well la di da actually i yeah. think all of us like were fine with him it, it took me a lot of tries the first time mm. because I, I didn't do uh, visceral attacks yeah um, but then on, on subsequent tries, it, it took me you know a, a couple, but not too many. <laughs> um, yeah, castle full of secrets. Like sign me up for that. <laughs> um, if I if I was ever a quadrillionaire, I would buy a castle and fill it with fucking secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, it, it is more expensive than you would think to install a rotating bookcase. That's probably true. Yeah. I, I would I would just have uh, Murphy beds. That'll be my equivalent <laughs> of secrets. <laughs> That's that, that's my favorite Venture Brothers gag. Actually, when yeah. uh, when 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 Hank gets hopped up on caffeine and just installs Murphy beds around the compound. 
Um, yeah, that is a that's the secret that you can you can stall in your home. Even though Murphy pets are more expensive than you think too. Yep. I actually looked for look when I was uh, you know living alone. I looked at the price of them because I knew I was going to have a small place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Murphy pets are really expensive. Yeah. Sadly enough. That's a goddamn shame. Um, <laughs> we, we, we were pricing out the rotating bookcase at work, actually, when we were really gung-ho about getting our new office space. We're like, you know what? Let's just get the walls painted first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle says via Facebook, the isolated experience with looping shortcuts reminds me of the painted world from Dark Souls 1. I love it. Is this our first Banshee since the New Londo ruins? In regard to Kanehurst, two aspects really impressed me. The ambushes were super effective. Gargoyles slash statues hiding in plain sight, while others were significantly above the hero, just out of view. Did anyone else notice that one gargoyle with red eyes on the first rooftop of the, li- of the library? What's up with that? The level managed to take us through the courtyard, foyer, loft, bal- balconies, keep, parapet walk, and fantasy throne room, concluding with the one and only illusory wall of Bloodborne. It withholds the From Software design intent of allowing the player to view numerous uh, places in the environment, which you will ultimately traverse. This is true of other areas of Bloodborne. Just for me, this area was not the, uh, or this area was the ideal size. Forsaken Castle Canehurst is the area I enjoyed the most too, Gary. And Cole, <laughs> Cole also enjoyed it the most. Yes. But I must have been talking to Kyle specifically. <laughs> there are illusory walls in the Chalice Dungeons, but I do not begrudge somebody not knowing that. Yeah, who gives it? Like, you had to look at, just punch every fucking wall. <laughs> and they're like, the, as the season gets like, just, just my season goes on, I just get more and more mad at Chalice Dungeons. Like, I was <laughs> well, because a, they're like, fucking looming on, over us. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. It's it's their near. It's on Facebook. And I was just like, oh, if you think of them as a bonus, they're pretty good. And now that like, I, it's like, Not that oh, you no. have to. It's not a bonus. It's a fucking obligation. We yeah. have to... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah now they make me mad previously they didn't so and, and as a related note i'll be looking for chalice buddies to stave off boredom during chalice town when we, when we get to that that point hmm. sean writes in via contact saying i'm looking forward to hearing you guys talk about uh, about canehurst because uh from what you've said so far you liked it a lot more than i did I like the lore significance of the place being somewhere that the old ones don't seem connected to. And I love the resolution of Alfred's questline, but the castle felt very fragmented in a way that, say, the upper cathedral did not. Having to run around on the outside of the castle to get to various places is cool, but it didn't help it feel like a castle. I also, I, I'm also not a big fan of Martyr Logarius's boss fight. Something about his patterns kept me from ever being able to dodge his second form effectively, and have never beaten him solo. The twist of finding his crown and putting it on to find the vile blood queen is a nice reward, but I wish the crown did anything else. I hate to sound like a sourpuss, but it's no painted world. Yeah, I mean, we, we I think feel like we enumerated the reasons uh, that we, we disagree mm-hmm. um, with it, which is fine. I also wish the crown did other stuff. Me too. That would have been really cool. It's like the whispering ring a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, or the, yeah, or the, the priest eye. Mm-hmm. or whatever um which would have been really neat um and i also would agree that it doesn't feel so much like a castle um like dark the souls games like Boletaria one one is like the most castle <laughs> feeling castle in the history of the games and they've never done that as quite as well if you're looking for pure castleness <laughs> like this could also be a, a resident evil style mansion yeah or a castlevania style manor at many points right um but i know if this is sean lore hunter sean yeah. Um he is uh, he's with me about the uh, Nightmare Frontier so <laughs> we'll be on the same page there at least. Yeah, we're going to go from love to hate right quick. Yep. And yes it is that shot. So. Yes. Awesome. Derek says by contact. Is the blood sucking slash blood licking beast in the starting area the most deadly enemy in the game? I went back before finishing the game and these things could still remove my health bar at will, dodge all of my attacks and are a bit death resilient. 
I've yet to kill one, and I just ended up holding the get the fuck out button uh, to running through the running through the field. I got quite the vampire vibe from this place, which seemed tame considering all the consuming blood everyone else had been doing up to this point. Finally, I'd like to say I don't think the summons is why you came to Yarnum, because the letter isn't there at the start. I don't want to grasp at straws in the other direction, but wouldn't it make just as much sense for the letter uh, addressing whoever is reading it and being sent to a, a Yosefka? Um, why would she send a letter to her enemy would be a valid question, but isn't her goal just uh, not to be trapped in the throne room alive? She has one for Alfred, or does she? Why can't he use the already open letter? It seems to draw conclusions. Uh, I, it seems to draw solid conclusions. Thoughts? Um, just to clarify that, I think I understand what Derek means, um, mm -hmm. is why don't we think the letter just kind of looks like it's to whoever is reading it? Yeah. Is is his point? Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like that adds like a magic letter to the mix <laughs> that doesn't need yeah. to be there. Like it, it's not there when you first wake up, but it very mm -hmm. well could have been in like that guy's jacket gives yeah. you the blood transfusion or, you know, in Yosefka's pocket mm -hmm. and just got sat there. Like a letter moving from a pocket to a counter seems mm -hmm. like it adds less unlikeliness to the world than a letter that magically shows whoever's name is reading it. Right. And I think it's a valid question to say like, oh, why can't you just show Alfred yours and say, yo, I totally found her. I think that it's more of just like a question of flagging than anything really. Or it's the fact that you have to have one of these letters. Um, I think you have to have them. one. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it summons that. And the unopened one is like just like a blank mm -hmm. one. Like it, it will just summon whoever, but the one for you just works for you. Yeah. It be, your... because it was because it was sent right yeah like it, you know it, it was it was one that was sent out yeah like the, the like adding a magic letter to the mix i think that accounts for why i'm a little bit wary about a lot of the speculation about some stuff in bloodborne um and even about this area we had one response which was which was very exhaustive in kind of laying out a case for for why the true foul blood queen was actually yarnum and why mm -hmm. uh what's 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 his name uh the uh uh lawrence defected and the blood that he took to canehurst was actually yarnum herself um and a bunch of that stuff and most of that and also the um and also the um kind of justification for why canehurst is filled with Thumerians and nobody really understood had to do with the fact that well there's a crown of illusions and so they might have just been hiding their true nature from it I think I've, that's I've, I think that's trickery at way too big of a scale for me to like be like, eh. yeah, I, I read something similar to that, too, um, online. And and you get down to a level of like headcanon with shit, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we all choose the interpretation down to a certain level that we like. Like there's certain things that are inarguable and then you choose the things you like. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just in the end and not, nothing personal against the person who who did the the argument for it. It just doesn't sound as cool to me, mm -hmm. you know, like that. Just, it just sounds kind of lame. Um, and, and I like it better as this kind of even if it's more connected in that it's another group just kind of fucking up like their take on what they're doing with blood. Mm -hmm. um, I like that more than it being tied into Lawrence and, and the like. Yeah. Um, in that way. Yep. I guess. And it's fine if, if people disagree too. It's just like, mm -hmm. and I could also change my mind. Like it's possible yeah. something would convince me. Uh, maybe the DLC will underline some of the shit. Yeah. Um, but it, right now I'm not super into that. I've, I've read some good points in that and it feels good, except that there are like just a lot of, a lot of uh, leaps that are taken that I'm not, that, that I'm not quite as ready to take. Yeah. Crown of illusions, just hiding them from the outside world seems like a lot to me. Yeah. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, Paul writes in via Facebook saying, I loved Canehurst. In hindsight, it stands out in my mind better than any other area. Part of that has to do with the wintry setting. The other reason, Martyr Logarius. This fucko was my Waterloo. Time and again, I crashed against his magic, was knocked off the roof, or underestimated his speed. It's also the first place where I met summons um, <laughs> who had as tough of a time as me. I ran dry on Madman's knowledge here. Some fought well, some, some fought poorly. Some stood nude on the periphery, pointing at the boss, adorned only in their ill-gotten crown. <laughs> Fuck those people. Come on. <laughs> That's some Soul Air level shit. Soul Air lives. Um... <laughs> Finally, can, can, he's back. Can, can you provide some context for Swolair? Oh, Swolair was my first uh, Sunbro character I made in Dark Souls 1, which was just uh, the fattest character I made. I had him kill Solair and steal his armor and then got people to summon me for the gargoyles fight and stood on the side and did the cheer emote. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like tailgating Solaire. Um, <laughs> I, I dubbed Swolair. Um, so, and there are pictures on our Facebook page that are, are really old, but the... Uh, it was a, a stunt. You know, I like I like the idea of stunt. Like I can't be mad at, at when that kind of thing happens. I like, know, yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty funny. Once to me. once you realize what they're doing, you just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to die again. But this was this brought a little bit of magic and whimsy to my life that uh, that I otherwise wouldn't have been there. I was going to tell this story in the the uh, upper cathedral ward thing, but I was trying to summon for a Britus, mm-hmm. and I summoned somebody, and they gave me the come here motion and went and to the elevator. To go back up. And I I followed them and they stepped on the elevator in a way that I kept running and fell in the pit (laughs) under the elevator, which was my own damn fault. But like I I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, this guy is going to show me something cool or he just wants me to go. Like, I'll do it. Like I I summoned him like saying I'll see what happened. Mm -hmm. And he just he just tricked me, uh, which is very, very funny. (laughs) I was happy about that. Pretty good. Um, Steven says via Facebook. I somehow missed this area on my first two runs through of the game, but when I finally uh, slowed down to smell the roses my third time f- through, I found the back entrance to Yosefka's clinic and consequently consequently, a summons addressed to me. So after taking an undead horse and car- uh, chariot ride, fighting my way through a haunted castle covered in snow and slaying the martyr, I found myself before the Queen of the Vilebloods and in, the po- in possession of another summons. And this is when I remembered my good friend Alfred. <laughs> I returned to him excitedly handed over the summons, thinking that I might unlock another secret boss fight with the queen and that I would help Alfred. That's a cool idea. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Um, The site I came back to is still the most affecting moment in the game for me. The game had not uh, shied away from being violent, but seeing the flesh and blood smeared all over the throne and the wheel in Alfred's hand, along with his maniacal laughter and rambling, I was stunned and legitimately bothered by what was before me. I'm sure it didn't help that his helmet gave me flashbacks to Pyramid Head as well. <laughs> and like Pyramid Head's uh, helmet, that like that is meant to evoke executioner. Like that is uh, the, that that has some historical roots. Mm-hmm. Like that design. Yeah, so it's it's like the opposite. Like it's like <laughs> a, the uh, they're they're both using the same source material. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go on a horse and buggy ride. Right. Yep. <laughs> I do. Somebody, somebody cut that. Uh, cut that cutscene together with that song (laughs) oh man it's hard to find those videos actually like uh it's it's weird on youtube i was looking for some casey tatum stuff if you don't have the uh the cd Mm -hmm. the tim and eric's awesome songs great job great great record awesome songs or whatever it is (laughs) um it was my favorite album the year it came out and i listened to it more than i'm not kidding like i listened to it more than anything else that's good um they're so good like you just like there's a there's a one of my friends had this uh he like discreetly took some camera video footage of us both head bumping in unison to pumpers need to pump <laughs> in the car and it's very funny because we're so into it like those songs work on on both levels 
<laughs> like, I'll believe you. Yeah. Pumpers yeah. <laughs> need to pump is so good. <laughs> when when my one of my old coworkers kept trying to pump breast milk, and then I made her a sign that showed the guy that said Pumpers need to pump for her to put on her her door when she had to go squirt. <laughs> Can you please not call lactation squirting? What? Yeah. I mean, I understand that's what's happening. Yeah. Huh. Kevin writes in via contact. <laughs> when did I become the squeamish one? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin writes in via contact saying, The Soul Series has always had a weird effect on me. I didn't understand it uh, when I finally got my hands on Demon Souls or later when I played Dark Souls. I thought I had it figured out when I finished Bloodborne in March, but it wasn't until playing Kanehurst this week uh, to keep up with the, with the podcast that I truly understood. Surrounded by my fallen enemies in Kanehurst's enormous library, I wanted nothing more than to be able to pull one of the dusty books off of the shelves and read whatever it said. That's what these games do that no other game has ever done as well. They fill me with a need to learn. As I write this, I'm watching a documentary on H.P. Lovecraft. Yesterday, I read a book on level design. Before that, I marathoned Vati's lore videos. I did similar deep dives after finishing the other Souls games. Um, sorry, this wasn't more specifically related to Kanehurst, but I thought I'd share my aha moment with you now, uh, as it happened here. Yeah, that's how I felt in Dukes. You know, I yeah. think I, I think I commented to that effect. Like, if this is stuff that will drive Big Hat Logan mad, I want to know what's there. Yeah, yeah, and and that that desire to learn, like, that is that is literally like, you know, the, I get more than <laughs> most people out of Souls games, and not. Be, as a fan but because we do the show right mm -hmm. so like i've met people and get to do the show mm -hmm. um but something i get out of souls games that i think i share with kevin and with a lot of people yeah. is that after i play the moment where i'm like okay that was my run now let's find out everything i missed and everything <laughs> everyone else thinks is my favorite moment of the game yeah. like almost like it is just mm -hmm. it's such a fun feeling to be like what are the cool like 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 things like that make contact easter egg <laughs> thing like i wouldn't have figure that out probably nope and just reading about it just fills me with this like yeah. you know it, it elation <laughs> that is that is just it is this desire just to know about a thing and yeah. the games support it you know it's not it's not there for other things it's the mm -hmm. reason why there are lore videos for this mm -hmm. and the uh there are a couple other series that do support it but there aren't many and none that support it this well i don't think yeah it's the afterburn right like yeah. the actual act itself but then like it carries you through it heightens like everything about your mind you think about it in your sleep it's like this weird kind of like research version of the tetris effect yeah yeah i love it it is it is super great yeah um and if that's the uh lovecraft documentary that i think it is that's really good yeah uh, i'm looking forward to our lovecraft episode so i can lecture you on how sad of a person he was it's <laughs> um, like that's the thing that I, I keep coming to in my like kind of pre-ramping up for this is just like <laughs> i forgot how depressing he is as a person yeah <laughs> like this he is a sad sad guy yeah um go back in time and tell him to eat uh, <laughs> uh th this this actually is the lore hunter sean the previous sean was a false sean okay <laughs> like imposter yep imposter sean sefka yes um this is the real sean hey real sean <laughs> um the uh the bulk of this area is fighting ghosts and gargoyles as you man the real sean if he's listening to this was probably going insane <laughs> yeah. between the point in which we said that and this this sean i know right yeah, so hopefully he had the patience before he fired off an email or whatever. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Find another guest yeah. for this area yeah, I hate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that you spell and pronounce your name the same way as another guy. Um, uh, so so real Sean says, I'm uh, not the other Sean is real. Too. Well, yeah. Um, there are degrees of realness. <laughs> um, this Sean says, uh, the bulk of this area is fighting ghosts and gargoyles. 
Um, as you make your way to the top of a spooky castle where you fight an undead wizard to gain access to a vampire queen. Yes, we are still talking about Bloodborne, the cosmic horror game about alien gods. The best explanation of how different Kanehurst feels that I came up with is that it is one of the first areas created to test early concepts. While Kanehurst may not fit into the overall story or world of Bloodborne perfectly, I think the differences in environment and tone are big reasons why Kanehurst stands out as one of my favorite areas in Bloodborne and is hands down my favorite optional area in the game. While the area isn't challenging on the whole, it's bookended by some really tough moments. The bloodlickers who greet you are as tough as they are grotesque. Their bloated abdomens and how they hop about activates a flavor of body horror I haven't tasted since Dr. Smith in the 1998 Lost in Space movie. <laughs> I have not seen that movie, but does he become a blood beast? It, it's it's more upsetting than you would than you would guess a PG-13 rated sci-fi movie um, okay. would be. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to know, but I'm not going to watch that movie. Um, <laughs> it's a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, their bloated bellies and the queen's desire to give birth to a child of blood does not seem coincidental to me, uh, so I cannot help but imagine the beastly form the forbidden Kanehurst blood has dressed them in is not some way a reflection of the actions and aspirations that made them this way. Finally, low motherfucking Garius. There's no way around it. This guy is a dick. I have died to Ligarius more times than any other boss in Bloodborne. His combination of speed and spellcasting is deadly, and he will punish you harshly for any mistakes that you make. That being said, he is the type of obnoxiously hard that you learn to appreciate in the series, and the amount of frustration you feel fighting him is worth the sense of accomplishment and reward you get for doing so. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, uh, you know, the vampire wizard, the undead wizard and vampire queen stuff, like, so the whole part of up until this, you know, when, when, when Bloodborne is a werewolf game, mm-hmm. you know, like, the vampire stuff also kind of recalls that. Yeah. Like a different flavor of gothic horror mm-hmm. or, or like an actual flavor of gothic horror, like Dracula is gothic horror as fuck. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Uh, as opposed to being, so it's, it's not even just like something that stands out. It's actually something that like recalls the early parts of the game, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it really does tie the loop around like Bloodborne and Castlevania. Like people yeah. have been making souls and Castlevania comparisons for a, for a good long while. But Castlevania is kind of this grand tour of like universal mo- uh, universal movie monsters, you know, mm. like to see that kind of represented here in this roundabout and kind of more erudite way, you know, where they're mm. saying like, okay, again, like we said in the main episode, here is this common set of things. What does this blood do to people and how the different societies react to it and how mm. they manifest this? And it's all, you know, different flavors of the same thing. Like that's incredibly evocative, especially as somebody who is given to like the source material. Yeah. And I will round us out with Luke, who writes in via contact, saying, A coach ride to Castle Castle Canehurst uh, sets the area's <laughs> tone perfectly. It's a set piece straight out of Coppola's Bram Stoker's Tyler Perry Presents Dracula, with the perfect bloodborne dream logic twist for those who turn around to check out the horses on the road after they arrive. We're not in Yarnum anymore, and for a little while, it almost doesn't feel like we're in Bloodborne either. Gone are the werewolves of the opening section and the Lovecraftian horrors that we've just now started to see hints of. In their place are a number of other gothic horrors, all built around the central Solzian theme of undeath. Then there's Annalise, a strange mirroring of Amelia. She's all aristocratic civility, glamouring you to bow, then calmly asking for blood. Her story is a horrific one when you stop to consider just how long she's been sitting there among the statues awaiting a vassal. It's a cruel fate, but then you get the sense that it was inevitable. The other three married women of the house still stalk, the, still stalk its halls screaming, and when she is pulped by nice guy Alfred, 
<laughs> and when she is pulped by nice guy alfred she her remains shift and squirm as unable to die as logarius who also seems denied the rest usually guaranteed by the title of martyr the church have labeled her a vile blood which is almost a compliment given what we know about them and she admits to her attempt at birthing a cosmic horror but i still wanted to side with her the destruction of reality um, the world awakening from this dream is an understandable goal when your life is as nightmarish as hers. She's destined not to succeed, it seems, but perhaps uh, she at least became a grandmother to the Great One. Uh, the theories linking Ariana to her dress, uh, uh, sorry, Ariana and her, and her dress to the blonde baby in Annalise's portraits are correct. All in all, Kane Hurst and its vampiric characters are strangely segregated from the rest of the game, but they provide a sharp relief to the goings-on of Yarnum, hinting at much larger histories and other thematic directions in which the series could one day go. This is Bloodborne doing what Dark Souls 2 did so well, telling a concise story, uh, a concise short story full of potent hints uh, to other chapters that can only exist in your mind. Yeah. Very well put. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I love a short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not like uh, I don't love because we were talking about optional areas in the game. Like, I love the optional areas in this game in general. Like, I mm-hmm. really like Upper Cathedral Ward. Yeah, and that is that fills in a blank that I didn't know that I needed to have filled in mm-hmm. in the story. And that's kind of another way that like a, a disconnected area can really help. Mm-hmm. Like the Upper Cathedral Ward, you don't need to know what the choir <laughs> are up to, and then when you find out, it's great. Yep. You know, and that that's really cool. Um, but this is it's just going to be my favorite. Like, just give me my favorite thing, these short story things. Yeah. It's a, it's something like, um, I was arguing on, on Slack with, with somebody about uh, Fallout games. Mm-hmm. And something that I realized that Fallout does really well, and we talked about it when we did Fallout 2 um, for Watch Out for Fireballs, is that it, it's, you know, it has New Vegas, or New, uh, New Reno, mm-hmm. which is uh, like a, its own little like miniature game. Yeah. And then I realized that New Vegas does that incredibly well. Yeah. Like, New Vegas is you get to an area, you find out about a people... They ask you to like they they are in an interesting situation. They mm-hmm. ask you to do something interesting. Yep. <laughs> and then and then it moves on. And sometimes it's connected, and sometimes that's not. You know, <laughs> it is a collection of like you know miniature stories as well. Yeah. And like the best uh, Obsidian Fallout games, and even the earlier Fallout games, I feel also do that. Yeah. It's a totally different. You know, it couldn't be more different mechanically, but like they do a similar kind of thing. Like yeah. tales from this area. This is a world we've set up the rules for this world. How are different people dealing with the rules of this world? Mm-hmm. And what situations can arrive from the rules of this world? Yeah. And that's that's going to be my favorite thing, I think. Agreed. Again, yeah. give me short stories. Yep. Give me 400 super, super days. Good. Like, give me 400 yep. days of everything. Yeah, 400 days was great. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was super cool. I like 400 days more than I like The Walking Dead Season 2. <laughs> you know, um, it is, uh, I don't know, I, I, I dig that. For sure. And I wish there was more more games that do that. Me too. Um, and, and people, there are some that, you know, we mentioned and stuff, but if you are listening and there are games that we we're like, this really does that, um, <laughs> let us know because I'm, I'm yeah. always curious yeah. to, to hear more. Um, the other thing, too, is if you write in uh, with responses, which if you have anything to say about uh, the Lecture Hall or Nightmare Frontier 1, mm-hmm. I keep calling it that even though the other one is Nightmare of Mensis, yeah. um, Nightmare Frontier, um, go ahead and hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, if we don't, we read everything we get if we don't read your thing on the air, um, don't be, be offended. Mm-hmm. It's probably cut for for time, or if it is stuff that we just you know we don't have anything to add to. Um, but uh, don't please don't be offended if we don't. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, and then a way you can help your thing get right on the air is just to keep it uh, terse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say everything you need to say, but uh, you know, a good three paragraphs is 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 good. Yeah. You know, anything more than that is pushing it. We read things that are longer than that from mm-hmm. time to time, but yeah. like. 
it helps us out. Yeah. Um, and if, if, if your feelings are hurt, I am the one who reads these um, and edits them. <laughs> so um, I also will edit longer responses down to, uh, to make them fit. But sometimes we just, uh, we get stuff that isn't, that isn't there, but understand that it, that, that, that it is seen and considered. Yeah. We still, we still appreciate it and we still read it. Yeah. And, and the, if you just got to get that stuff out too, um, our social media stuff is a great place for it. So even if we don't read it on air, you can talk to us about that on Facebook and on our mm-hmm. Slack channel and stuff. Yeah. And uh, write a blog yeah. post and link it to us. Yeah, that's yeah, and we go. We'll, and we'll put shit in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Like it is, uh, it is where we want everybody to. You know, we're interested in what everybody has to say. Yeah. It's just uh, sometimes airtime, and it, I understand some people could listen to this and be like, "You guys are saying airtime is sparse or limited somehow," and you guys just talk about come for like, you know, fifteen minutes in the middle of every episode. To which I say, like, what <laughs> else are you going to do during the summer? Come, like it is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically signed into law at this point. Yeah, at yeah. this point, we we've created a prison. <laughs> No, 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 it wasn't going to be out of it wasn't going to be out of blood drags. It was going to be okay. out of our, our past selves. Okay, like it's it's just like the the Gary and Cole of yesterday are determining the Gary and Cole of tomorrow. <laughs> yep. When it comes to blood drags, we we are our own wardens. Yes. Yeah, blood wardens. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. No, but we we definitely do digress, and that's kind of during the main episode, and you know a little bit during the extrasodes and stuff. It's just a matter of which which responses are going to serve as the best kind of like springing off points for us. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, that is the metric that, that we're using. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, you can reach out to us if you have anything to say about our next uh, or upcoming areas at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Other than that, you know, all the normal stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV, our Facebook group, uh, following us on Twitter, iTunes, ratings, reviews, blog posts. All those things are great. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, some brief deleted scenes, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Umbasa. <laughs> Neil. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Hello. Dude, skinny Mario. One more time? Skinny Mario. Yeah, right? Have you unlocked him? <laughs> I haven't unlocked him as a thing. I just I, I just randomly get skinny shrooms. He's in the tutorial. Huh. Um, like, uh, you can do, when you first, when I first booted up, they gave me a remix of the first level, and then Skinny mm-hmm. Mario's there. But I haven't been able to, I just unlocked the first set of power-ups. Like, Yeah, me too. Um, so I don't know how those are being unlocked, whether it's based on playtime, which I think it said that, but then also some are coming Saturday. Yes, I got a little a little uh, dingus that said more coming on the twelfth. So yeah, and that's where when water levels are coming and stuff. Yeah, um, pretty rad. Yep, <laughs> like it's it's really fun. Yeah, I I was looking for something to just like you know immerse me. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Corey, <laughs> that was very enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Corey! You're on the air with the Bonfire Boys. Oh, these guys. Yeah. Is there a soundboard too? <laughs> Boing. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't stop it, guys. It's broken. Oh no! I don't think that's the soundboard anymore, dude. Let's get some noise reduction that's, on that. Now, Cole, now, now we just need to get you some probiotics or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, I, who? Who is who here? Also, hey, what happened with the book, dude? Um, book is still coming. Yeah, but Books. I saw you tweet that you lost progress on it today. Is everything cool? Oh, no, that. Yeah, that was um, like a problem with like temp files or something. I, I saved it on my laptop. 
uh, a version of the file. And then when I went to open it, it was non-existent. Uh, my laptop is like a refurbished uh, Ubuntu. Like, you know, there's okay. a place in uh, Portland called Free Geek that does, you know, all essentially Linux just laptops. Like, yeah, yeah. Like just get, yeah, it does all Linux laptops that are just like, if, and I just wanted something to take notes for in class and, and write in coffee shops, you know? So I wasn't like, I wanted to spend about a hundred bucks and yeah. I got it. And I, something about the way that the version of open office that's on there works confused me or something. So yeah, I lost um, about a chapter on it mm. uh, that I wrote so, yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. And then um, for watch out for fireballs, we're doing King of dragon pass and my uh, save is like corrupted in that game. And I put, you know, I'm almost done. <laughs> with it so that's and it's just a bummer god yeah that hmm. yeah I, I was talking to the developer on on twitter and like there's one little like weird last ditch effort that i can try um to make it work but if that doesn't work i don't know what i'm gonna do because i like that game but i don't know if i have the heart to like restart it it's brutal to have to go through and try to replicate that stuff but, like every time you play it is going to be like the latin i've only i think i've only completed it once but every time i've started it like i feel like it's just a radically different game yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, part of that makes me want to, you know, makes it better to replay it. Mm -hmm. But also I have, you know, I'm also. It's like a, trying to restart a Civ five game, like right after yeah. you finish one. Totally. It's like, you know how long that's going to take you. And I have this history in mind. Like I've, I'm invested mm -hmm. in, yeah, right. in my tribe. I, you know, I, I, I formed a, a tribe and everything. I've got a bunch of clans. There's, you know, I don't want to remember whether the brown bears or the hill havens are now my enemy. Like, <laughs> it's the fucking stout oaks. Like, I hate those motherfuckers and I want to keep hating them. Um, and then the other thing is I'm, I'm having the slow dawning realization of all of the things attendant with my Kickstarter that I promised to do for money um, that I need to, like, really start cranking that stuff out. Sure. You know, so I've got that uh, a little bit of time panic going on. Well, no. I, uh, I I backed the book. I'm thank, super yeah, excited. Yeah, thank you. So, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, um, I, I can't wait to see what you do, man. I'm really excited. I, I hope that it is. I hope not to disappoint people. I have that. I have a feeling of pressure um, since this is the first like solo project kind of thing I've done. Sure. Done like this. So um, I hope that it is like I think it's very funny. It makes me laugh. So I'm hoping that it will make other people laugh. I think it'd be great. Um, that's my hope. And, and just to, to get Gary's bitching corner out of the way, <laughs> I just, uh, just, came, just came downstairs and changed my cat's cat litter and I bought fancy cat litter because, uh, it's within walking distance and, uh, he's eating it. <laughs> so it's like based in corn or wheat or something like that. And he keeps eating it and I can't oh, stop him no. and I can't explain to him why that's like profoundly wrong. I mean, I think, you could, I think you could try. I, <laughs> you consider maybe sitting him down and giving him a lecture. I, I have been, I have been trying to explain it, and he's just uh, the only thing that's worked so far is distracting him with treats. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have tried to lecture our cat here, and she doesn't give a fuck, and she's just like, "Why are you still here, human?" She, yeah. she, she loves my fiance. She hates me, <laughs> and uh, and she, she has no interest. <laughs> I feel that. I feel like that's the cat equivalent of, well, the water in the top of the tank is perfectly fine to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I haven't pissed in this yet, but it <laughs> isn't, it's in a receptacle that I've pissed in for my entire life. So yep. the, uh, it, it reminds me of, um, in Willy Wonka, uh, and the chocolate factory when he sits down during the song and eats that, that cup or like picks up the, <laughs> well, like like the, the, the tulip cup. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, it's just like that, but imagine it being a place where like you a poop. toilet. Yeah. 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 Like, like making a toilet out of that tulip cup and then just like Gene Wilder <laughs> rising from the grave to take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gigi Wilder is not dead, Gary. Like a fucking ghoulie. Oh, get out of town. Gigi Wilder paradise. No, Gigi Wilder alive as fuck. Oh, huh. <laughs> he learns something new every day, I guess. Yeah, he yeah, just think, he, he stopped I think acting. We're off to a good start, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sad the day that Gene Wilder dies. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's 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 charming. He's yeah. a charming man. Yeah. Just killed him and it's... brought him back to life for a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks that he's constantly eating toilets, but other than that, he's a charming <laughs> well, guy. Like, you know, it's 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 increased his longevity, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's his secret. It's that's it's secret. it's what it's what uh, Richard Pryor didn't do. And that's why <laughs> there's only one half of see no evil left. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>